0: Often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap. Box. slap box. Welcome to the Slap Box Podcast. This is episode 519. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slap Box Pit house. Uh, yes. we're coming up on uh, Shelley Long's old, uh birthday. Uh, that is my co-host. It's been quite a while since he's been on, but uh, it, it it will be his birthday. Of course, it's my brother Shelley. There, um, he uh, he's uh, on the third, uh, August third, which is Wednesday. I believe that's Wednesday. Yeah. He will uh, have a little birthday, birthday, birth fun fact, born the same year that Star Wars The New Hope came out, that 1977, that shit hit the theaters, and boom, Shelley, pow, pow. Also, I think the first season of uh, the classic that Shelly and I both love, the classic series Soap. With uh Billy Crystal and a lot of other like classics. Like he was the biggest name, I guess, out of soap. Um other than like Billy Crystal, like, like uh I don't remember the actress's name, but Mona from Who's the Boss, she was uh one of the sisters on there. And I guess one of the more Famous. There were some famous people, well, people that would go on to be famous that were in the show. Like, uh, Robert England had a very small part in, like, an episode or two. And, uh, holy shit, that show was fucking great. I fucking love that show. I mean, it was a spoof on soap operas. And one of the uh, main characters, Bert, was, uh, had believed he was abducted by aliens, which I'm going to get to aliens in a bit. In a bit, but uh, there's... Back to Soap. Uh, <laughs> Bert, well, he he did actually get abducted by aliens. That part wasn't fictitious. Like he, That wasn't just something he dreamed up in his mind. But after he was abducted by aliens, he thought the aliens <laughs> gave him the power to turn himself invisible by snapping his fingers. And uh, they did not. <laughs> Though he was... Really abducted by aliens. They did not give him the power to turn himself invisible by snapping his fingers. And then when, of course, he was around his family and stuff, he would just snap his fingers and think he was invisible. And they would just like, okay, that's that's Bert. Oh, that's Bert. Oh, love that Bert. <laughs> ah. Uh, Such a fucking classic show. I'm going to see if I can pull up a good clip here. Um. <laughs> uh, nah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if any of these clips are going to make any sense if I play them. But oh man, it's so da- like you could tell. It the fun fact though, like it started in 77 and then ended in 81 uh, if I remember correctly. So it bridged the time period between Shelley being born and myself. So there's like this this period. It be he it's like Shelly's the alpha and I'm the omega. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? I think that's how that works. Uh this is uh but uh, just seeing clips of fucking Chris Rock next to Jada Pinkett Smith. Apparently, and Will Smith just put out a video to apologize. To Chris Rock, you you would think he would just apologize to him, try to get in touch with him, you know, directly, not, uh, you know, maybe not show up at his house like threatening manner, but maybe you know, get his people in touch, get in touch with his people, maybe maybe a over the phone kind of thing. I don't know if you can really apologize that for that, you know, it's he, Chris Rock is gonna be in being slapped will live on forever now in memes people will have forgotten who the fuck will smith and chris rock are at some point not anytime in the near future but that shit's gonna exist still on the internet and and that (laughs) the memes they won't be watching independence day anymore you know 50 years from now, but I feel like there's still going to be a such thing as memes and gifs, or gifs, whatever you want, however you want to say. Anyway, I did uh, want to say, uh, for, all of you, for all of you that are uh, fans, of course, of Mr. Jeff Burton, and 105.7 The Point, he was, if you missed it, he did call into the show, uh, the Rizzuto show, on Thursday, and you can of course go on 1057 the points website which i guess is do 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 i want to say it's 1057 the point uh yeah 1057 the point dot com and then uh you go to the Rizzuto show stuff I, and they've got links on there um with uh, videos of course they have a the phone call up and they have it on their YouTube channel as well of uh, Jeff calling in and uh, he's going to try to call in every time he can, when he's feeling all right and everything. Of course he's in uh hospice care at the moment. And uh, <laughs> it was good hearing his voice, man. And uh, good to know that uh, he's been seeing all the mail, which apparently a lot of people like a lot of people have been sending him stuff and he talks about it in, in that phone call but uh <clears throat> there was people said it of like uh cardboard dicks and uh <laughs> some cool stuff so I'm just like what the fuck is this what am I going to do with this like a big cardboard dick that's uh <laughs> uh but it it's it's good to know that uh the Mr. Burton's receiving a lot of love uh and it, in the his phone call with uh, Rizzuto, though, I mean, you could tell. I mean, he was getting broken up about it. Like he was, his voice is cracking and everything. Uh, talking about just the outpouring of uh, love to the man, the legend. Um, <coughs> which is good to hear. Good to hear. Um, good to hear that there's some positive. Positive things going on for uh his you know just shitty situation that he's in. Um now I guess uh I guess I'll get back to the aliens. <laughs> I didn't have any good way to segue into that. Maybe I should have just went straight into aliens earlier, whenever I was talking about soap and uh Bert uh Bert Campbell. <laughs> Uh, and his uh, alien abduction. Um, I was watching uh, on YouTube, because again, I I watch a lot of fucking YouTube, because I will just like, oh, I got five minutes. Let's fucking watch something that I can see the whole thing of. Let's watch a YouTube video. Um, I'm a product of the times, I guess. You know, I spend a lot of time on the toilet, so there's a lot of YouTube (laughs) on the toilet, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um. <laughs> uh, so uh, I was watching YouTube, and uh, I guess I, su- I I'm a sub to Mr. Stevo's Wild Ride, his podcast. He's got a video podcast up on YouTube, and uh, I don't ever watch like the full thing, but he's got some, got of course some good guests and everything, and um, I guess recently he had Tom DeLonge on from uh Blink 182 that's you know mainly where I know him from he's been in a few other bands and that going on um I believe I had heard before that he was into aliens and shit and uh like hardcore you know it's interesting to me but you know I'm not uh I'm not like researching it contacting the government and uh trying to push them to uh <laughs> release information on it but uh Maybe I should maybe I should pull up that YouTube clip. Let him give a little bit of explanation here. There, I think there's I think this clip is fairly short. Um let's See here's Tom DeLonge. Steve O. Steve O. I think there's a shorter clip. We don't want the full thing, hour 16. That's oh fifteen 15 minutes. I was hoping for a little bit shorter than that. Well, wow. I am not I don't want to play a full 15 minute clip. That's a bit long. But uh <clears throat> he's hardcore into uh the alien stuff. He started a company like researching UFOs. And uh if you just look up Tom DeLonge on uh os Wild Ride on there on YouTube. Um he talks about it. He's he's been on many of things. And, uh, of course, I guess the original time that he quit Blink-182, or one of the many times he quit um, (laughs) Blink-182, you know, he uh, did it because he wanted to go research aliens, basically. Uh, And, uh, of course, according to him, they're not really aliens per se. If If I gather correctly just from watching that short video... On uh, the old YouTubes. Um, but fun fact, whenever the the Hillary's email shit was going on, the the WikiLeaks, uh, Russia hacking her emails and putting them up on WikiLeaks, um, that whole thing, you know. <laughs> uh, Tom DeLonge was in, like, an email chain, I guess, with John Podesta because he was trying to get all these files released on UFOs which you know fun fact they've released a bunch of files on the ufos and everything now and so i guess he's he's actually achieved some uh, crazy stuff though like uh, gotten the government to admit the existence of uh ufos at least shit they can't uh, unidentified flying objects um but uh, it was it was interesting he's got a book out I think it's called Secret Wars. Um, apparently, he's going to be putting out some uh, some movie, or at least a movie soon. Um, I want to say his book is Secret Wars. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But I will look that up. I would kind of like to read the book, but honestly... <laughs> I can't spell spe- secret right. Um, let's just look up. My spelling has been... Uh, well, he spells it weird. That's why. Fuck. S-E-K-R-E-T. Machines. It's not war. Secret machines. There's, I guess, a book series. Jesus. Um, Good Lord. He's got a lot of sh- <laughs> stuff out there. Anyway. Oh, there's... Here we go. Yeah, he's got a few books out there. Um, Secret Machines Chasing Shadows. Secret Machines of Fire Within. Hmm. Let's see if I can't... uh, No. Anyway. But, uh... So, uh, yeah, he's, like, big into... There's a lot of stuff in here about... (laughs) UFOs. He's not fucking around here. He's not fucking. He is serious about this. Um. And uh, you know what? Here, let's let's pull up uh on the old Amazon here and just see see what uh it says about synopsis for uh Chasing Shadows here, the Secret Machines book. Blurring the line of science fiction and fact secret machines is an explosive thriller that will make you question everything you've been told about what's really out there. It's a quote from Larry King written Larry King blurring the lines. I haven't listened to Larry King in a while. Not that I have a Larry King impression, uh, but you know, I don't know. I don't know that I need to anymore. Cause I don't think Kevin Pollack does his chat show anymore when he did his chat show. Which was fantastic. You can still find it, I believe, on YouTube. Ugh. He was doing it when we first started this podcast over a decade ago. And uh, I loved how they would sign off the podcast all the time. And he would have, before they signed off, he would have the guest do their best Larry King impression. Fun fact. Um, anyway. Blurring the line of science fiction. In fact, Secret Machines is an explosive thriller. It will make you question everything you've been told about what's really out there. (laughs) Fucking terrible, Larry King. But they were all terrible for the most part, Larry King impressions on the chat show. But they were great, terrible. And then you'd go, uh, you'd have to go to the phones. So uh, we're going, we're going to Steve in Poughkeepsie, Steve Poughkeepsie, and that is goddamn it. That is a fucking terrible. Larry King. Shit. Need to go back and listen to some Larry King and try to get an impression. Anyway. Written by Open Minds, 2017 UFO Researcher of the Year and acclaimed producer Tom DeLonge with New York Times best-selling academic A.J. Hartley in a powerful collaboration with top government officials that keep the truth on course while revealing fascinating secrets surrounding the true, well-documented events of unidentified aerial phenomenon. For those who know that something is going on, the witnesses are legion, scattered across the world and dotted through history. People who looked up and saw something impossible lighting up the night sky What those objects were, where they came from, and who or what might be inside them is the subject of fierce debate and equally fierce mockery so that most who glimpsed them came to wish they hadn't. Most, but not everyone. Among those who know what they've seen and like the toll of a bell that can't be unrung are forever changed by it are a pilot, an heiress, a journalist, and a prisoner of war. From the waning days of the 20th century's final great war, to the fraught fields of Afghanistan, to the otherworldly secrets hidden amid (laughs) Nevada's dusty neverlands, the truth that is out there will propel each of them into a labyrinth of otherworldly technology and the competing aims of those who might seek to prevent or harness these beings of unfathomable power because as it turns out we are not only the one not only ones who can invent and build and destroy featuring actual events and other truths dar- drawn from sources within the military intelligence community tom delange and A.J. Hartley offer a tale at once terrifying, fantastical, and perhaps all too real. Though it is, of course, a work of fiction? <laughs> there was a question mark at the end there. <laughs> not my best reading. I'm a little rust. Man, my throat's a little, a little screwy today. I did just run, like, not too long before doing this. Probably breathed in a bunch of stuff from people mowing their lawns and stuff. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I I was under the impression he had some books on. Just straightforward. Nonfiction, not fiction. But apparently, I guess they're making at least one or some of these into some movies. Fun fact. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I saw something about a trailer for a a movie featuring Tom DeLonge. Anyway. Well, I was getting to the stuff that he was re- talking about on steve podcast is, uh, of course, aliens. And being <laughs> freaked out because he was uh, his emails were uh, put up on Wikilinks thanks to the uh, hacking of H- Hillary's emails. Um, <laughs> and he was, f- uh, f- I guess, freaking out and then deleting all of his emails, getting rid of all- a bunch of shit because he didn't want uh too much information getting out about who his contacts were within the uh, United States government because he was afraid that would uh, piss off a lot of people in the government if uh, certain things were to get out. The the who he was talking to that they may not appreciate it. Anyway, uh, that part I just found was funny. Um, Now, I mean, I believe there's some weird shit going on with the uh, UFOs. I don't claim to know what what's going on there, this aliens. He claims in this clip that I saw that they're not actually aliens. That's more of a uh, multiverse situation going on here where it's actually interdimensional travel, I guess, from, they, you know, I guess either a different dimension or a different universe where it's uh, basically could be like a multiverse-type situation where uh, things have progressed further. But he also, in the same vein, he's also talking about that and suggesting that it's sort of a South Park situation. If you've seen the old South Park episode where they have the goobacks, as they call them, <laughs> show up and start taking everyone's germs. They're taking our germs. The Goobacks, I just want to point out, are people from the future. Where in the future, which I feel like we're in that future already, I just don't have a time machine to go back and steal anybody's gerbs. But uh, (laughs) in the future, which we have jobs right now, it's just the fact that, uh, you know, the world is becoming uninhabitable. It's just, just not great. It's fucking hot as hell. Things aren't just going real well. We got, you know, viruses and such. Man, if I could just go back to the 90s. <laughs> Got some Blink-182. Anyway, so, I mean, they could be, like, he, he he put up what seemed to be is, like, multiple or at least two main things that could be going on there. But he said, matter-of-factly, this is what happened. But he gave no proof and did not describe how that works. So it was hard for me to believe what he was saying. Like, I feel like maybe this is a theory. (laughs) I You know, obviously the government has been researching this stuff. I mean, they admitted to it, the existence of this stuff. So, I mean, they're doing some kind of research. What they know, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Tom Delange claims to to know a lot because he's in contact with, apparently, quite a few people within the United States government that uh, have knowledge of said things. And uh, you know he was in John Podesta's fucking email chain, so <laughs> there's obvi- there's got to be some truth to that. And um, but a lot of the stuff he said, uh, I don't know. It it seemed like okay, I you know, you you say it with such confidence, but like also some of these things are contradictory to other things, like the uh, multiverse aspect, and then also, but then it's like he gets into what i would th- reminds me of my favorite author of all time uh, kurt vonnegut uh who uh i fucking love that man he he's been uh, dead for a while now but i love me some fucking kurt vonnegut and probably i guess his most famous book has to be slaughterhouse 5 or in german Strachthaus funf which um, I always loved Kurt Vonnegut's books because he wrote in a way that would probably drive a normal editor fucking insane because, like, grammatically speaking and everything, it's not great. But he wrote how people speak. You know, it's like reading a conversation, which is terrible that I would get into a writer like that. I think Shelley's the one that actually got me involved in, uh, got me in on reading Kurt Vonnegut and actually. Uh, his friend Aaron, um, who I had gone to Chicago with one time, um, Aaron Blake, uh, I believe his name. Quote me on that. I th- uh, he was I believe he was a big Vonnegut fan as well, and so I re- started reading a lot of Vonnegut because of that. Fortunately, I haven't read uh, read any Vonnegut in a while. But uh, anyway, Slaughterhouse Five. Um, it seems like one of the things. Tom DeLange was uh, suggesting is going on with these UFOs is a sort of a Slaughterhouse-Five situation, which is the main character in there, Billy Pilgrim, is unstuck from time. Actually, he gets it, fun fact, becomes unstuck from time after being abducted by aliens from the planet Tralflamador. <laughs> which I love the, love the name of that. And actually, in the book... He uh, is put in a people zoo on Trelflamador, and uh, in the zoo, it's like a normal house. He's like in an apartment or house sort of situation, but there's you know fucking glass all around. It's like being (laughs) in your normal uh, habitat, but then you know it's just fucking glass walls. While he has to be naked at all times, and I think they have a man. It's been a Fuck, it's probably been over a decade since I've I've read Slaughterhouse-Five. But I believe he's got like a a wife or, you know, some some woman that they also abducted and threw in there with a if I remember correctly. <laughs> and uh, so that, you know, people are just watching him do everything. Just like, doo-doo-doo, just like at a zoo. Well, people, these aliens. I don't remember what they look like or anything. Anyway, though, on flamador I guess they've come to unleash, which is already a thing. But like, uh, the, he After he's abducted by these aliens, these Tralflamadorians, if you will, he becomes unstuck from time. And I guess it's something that they... I don't remember if it's something they did to him that made him unstuck from time, or it's just like they helped him see how time really works or something. I don't remember exactly. But it, in the book, it's almost like it's nonlinear. You know, things don't go in progression how they do on a normal timeline. It's like watching a Quentin Tarantino movie where you see stuff that happens in the future, in the beginning. And there's there's back and forth between past and present and future. And... uh Billy Pilgrim's unstuck from time because he can just go in one moment he's in World War II which uh Kurt Vonnegut himself was in World War II and in the book he actually talks about Slaughterhouse 5 the term comes from uh I I think it's it's in uh, Dresden Germany where this Billy Pilgrim was a POW and I believe I know that uh, Kurt Vonnegut was in Dresden whenever the bombing of Dresden happened, which is like one of the worst bombings in all of history. We, the Allies, being you know the Americans and Brits and everybody that was involved, uh, with that, uh, w- carpet bombed Dresden, Germany, with something like over a hundred thousand tons of bombs, like uh, just just an insane amount of stuff. But they do mention that a little bit, like he uh, Billy Pilgrim goes back to Dresden when he's a POW there and seeing the <coughs> ground turn to lava from the bombs, which is which is a great visual and knowing that Kurt Vonnegut himself saw this firsthand. It's like just an interesting thing about the book, not really related to the aliens, but it's like the unstuck from time. He, Billy is going from like Nazi Germany, then he's back. Then he's back in the People's Zoo and then he's then he's back. I forgot what else happened to Billy <laughs> in his lifetime, but he's constantly going back and forth between time periods. And uh Tom DeLonge is talking in this interview that uh I guess in a way that these people that all time exists simultaneously and that uh, it can overlap at times and that's what's going on with these UFOs they appear it's actually in the future and it just kind of teleports somehow between times you know he he mentioned a little bit about seeing when you're looking out into the stars of course you're seeing faraway stars that's light from you know, thousands upon thousands of years ago. Fuck, millions of years ago. Uh, and a lot of those plants are probably you know long gone. Like, uh, and st- I mean, I I don't I remember all the shit about space, but you know that that stuff's from a long time ago. That light is taking forever to get here. So we're actually seeing past when you think about it. But. Uh, <sighs> I don't know, I thought it was interesting, the things that he was saying. But he said it with such confidence, this is what's going on. I don't know that. And there was contradictory things to both things with, with the multiverse situation. Which I'm interested in the multiverse situation because I've always thought, like, my entire life, before the whole Marvel madness stuff going on with uh, the multiverse of madness, Doctor Strange, um, <laughs> which I enjoy. It's good stuff but thinking back to like Schrodinger's cat and stuff like there's saying that there's multiple universes or whatever. <sighs> and I can't spell Schrodinger. Um, there's the uh, Schrodinger's cat. Here we go. Uh <laughs> Pictures of the Schrodinger's cat. It's fucking funny. But if you're unfamiliar with the Schrodinger's cat, of course, it's uh, the cat in a box, which it's a closed box. You can't see in there, but inside the box, there's a cat with a vial of poison with some kind of device, like a hammer, I guess, that's rigged up in like a... The hammer, I don't remember how the hammer... Uh, works there but the idea is let me go ahead and just read the wikipedia version of it Um, (laughs) so in quantum mechanics schrodinger's cat is a thought experiment that illustrates a paradox of quantum superposition in the thought experiment a hypothetical cat may be considered simultaneously both Alive and dead as a result of its fate being linked to a random subatomic event that may or may not occur. This thought experiment was devised by physicist Erwin uh, Schrödinger, 1935. Discussion with Albert Einstein to illustrate what Schrödinger saw as the problems with Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics. The scenarios often featured in theoretical discussions of the interpretations of quantum mechanics, particularly in situations involving the measurement problem um but I, I guess it's saying that well the I don't know that's necessarily like multi universe situation going on there, but in Schrodinger's cat here, it's a uh, uh a cat, a flask of poison, and a radioactive source are placed in a sealed box if an internal monitor example Geiger counter detects radioactivity. Um, which of course is a single atom decaying an example of that. The flask is shattered, releasing the poison, which kills the cat the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanic and plot uh, mechanics can't speak tonight uh, implies that after a while, the cat is simultaneously alive and dead. Yet when one looks in the box, one sees the cat either alive or dead, not both alive and dead. The, This poses the question of when exactly quantum superposition ends and reality resolves into one possibility or the other. So as long as the box is closed, the idea is Cat is alive and dead at the same time. It's basically not until you see it. Um, You know, there's not necessarily... Oh, here we go. This is the many worlds interpretation of it here. In 1957, Hugh Everett formulated the many worlds interpretation of quantum mechanics, which does not single out observation as a special process. In The many worlds imper- interpretation, both alive and dead, states of the cat persist after the box is open, but are decoherent from each other. In other words, when the box is open, the observer and the possibly dead cat split into an observer looking at a box with a dead cat and an observer looking at a box with a live cat. But since the dead and alive states are both decoherent, there is no effective communication or interaction between them. When opening the box, the observer becomes entangled with the cat. So observer states corresponding to the cats being alive and dead are formed. Each observer state is entangled or linked with the cat, so that the observation of the cat's state and the cat's state correspond. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, bunch of. They're overdoing it with the words here. It's just uh, <laughs> It splits into the two universe situation there. The th- what I was like getting to with uh, bringing up that whole fucking cat thing, is uh, of course. It's the beginning of a split in uh, universes there, where there's the idea of you know when you open it up, the the possibilities of the cat being alive or dead, there's like two scenarios there, pretty much. I mean, maybe there's a few. I mean the cat could be ghastly fucking injured, you know, fucked up from this gas or poison. In another one, but still alive, where another one he's fine I mean, there's I guess a multitude of <laughs> possibilities when you open that box that's going to open up create many different universes. Um I don't even know what the fucking point I was getting to. It's just saying that in one universe, basically, at least one universe, that cat's dead. One universe, the cat's alive. But I've gone my whole life, you know, hearing stuff like that and just thought, not that I necessarily believe that there's multi-universes going on or anything like that, but I've often wondered, just like in a regular day's, you know, just my normal day, I'll think about, you know, oh in a different universe right now. Like I decided not to do this. I decided not to go down that street. And in that other universe, I went down that street and, uh, f- you know, my whole life went completely different. It's, I guess, butterfly effect, but also, you know, it's, there's these, I don't know. It's just interesting to think of like multi universes going on, which is kind of scary that there's, you know, an un, and, you know, <laughs> Insane amount of just me alone. There's way too many Joshes. There's way too many of us. There are way too many of us. Just, uh, if, if like one little, one little difference, you know, uh, I didn't stub my toe just, you know, the other day. That leads to a, a different universe. If I did, you know, um, I <laughs> fist on the, if, I pissed my pants, you know. If I I didn't, uh, the prostate issues got to be an issue to where like, oh, I didn't get my dick out in time enough to piss into the toilet. It pissed in my pants. It created another fucking universe. If uh, I rolled over in my sleep and fucking hit the floor, it's it's a different universe where the the and all the other ones I stayed in bed. Um, a fucking meteor comes through the fucking house and kills me, and, and you know one like there's just so many. I mean, endless. Endless you know multi universes if if each little thing like changes and creates a different universe, but uh i you know I can't fathom how they would work, but I don't know that it's not true <laughs> um but i you know i I don't know but i I haven't seen the things that Tom DeLonge has seen, so I can't confirm nor deny his uh theories, I guess. I don't know theories, but he seems when he says it he's like I fucking know. Dude, I fucking know. <laughs> when people just like uh say things with such certainty and everything, I tend not to believe them. <laughs> I tend to be slightly skeptical. Um <laughs> and uh but uh yeah, and he's he talks about uh he like he's the one that uh, that the government released all this stuff because of me. Like, and he's very uh, <laughs> he's like I hate saying this, but this sounds so assholeish, but it does sound ass uh, holish Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So there's I'm very interested in the multi multi universe stuff, though. If you want like a good show, and you haven't seen it that's uh got a lot that describes basically what he was talking about very well and I, I almost wonder if he just watched this and came up with these things then again you know maybe maybe the creators of the show know what's really going on and made this but if you watch the German show Dark on Netflix if you haven't already it's a good show. Really good show. Um it has time travel and multiverse going on inside the show. There is uh I don't like uh like the show starts out there's a event, I guess, inside a nuclear power plant that creates a time rift. And, you know, this is very, like, uh, you know, close to on the lines of, uh, Stranger Things, although in Stranger Things it wasn't a a nuclear event or anything that that caused this. It was, of course, Eleven creating, opening the fucking gate, man. Psychic abilities. Mind powers. Um, but, uh, it's a really good show, and, uh, It's like, it seems like right along the lines of what Tom DeLonge was saying. It was like, it was dark. (laughs) I don't know. I don't feel like him in the show dark, but uh, he also did say in there that there's a, I guess, with a real, the reason why some people see UFOs and others do not is that if we're scared of things. Then we're more likely to see them. Like it changes our reality, basically. Um, like if you're scared of UFOs, I guess, then you'll see them. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. Like he says, like if you're scared of ghosts, you'll see a ghost, and then like you'll you'll see like a book moving in the air, because that that's how I was taking what he's saying. Maybe that's exactly what he's getting at, but uh, I. uh... <laughs> Yeah, something to that effect. And I guess maybe that's not their problem. I don't fear UFOs. That's why I'm not seeing them. I'd like to see UFO. That would be pretty great. I remember as a kid looking up in the sky and seeing stuff that I was like, I I I really just hoped it was the UFO, but it could the, the lights could be explained away. <laughs> I was really hoping to see one. Um But as it as it were, uh, as it is, whatever um i uh I have not seen one. It would be interesting. I would like to go out you know to some places where uh there's frequent sightings, i guess and really uh yeah you know, I don't know go out to uh <laughs> it's too bad Shelley doesn't live in Vegas anymore go out there and then uh hit up area 51, you know. <laughs> Reenact re- re- some X-Files scenes. <laughs> uh, love that show. Obviously, I mean I have a cat named Agent Boulder. Fucking great show. Fucking great show. Side note, one of the uh people that was involved of course with uh X-Files One Mr. Vince Gilligan, whom met one Mr. Brian Cranston on an episode of The X-Files that uh, Vince Gilligan uh, had created and uh, Cranston had starred in. I think the episode's called Drive. It was a take on speed where Brian Cranston had this thing going on. He had to be in a car to where he, he couldn't, the speed couldn't dip under 55, much like speed the movie Keanu Reeves Sandra Bullock a uh, classic film um and uh of course in that episode his, his head would explode if it happened it was some kind of virus or some kind of thing that got into people cuz it wasn't just Brian Cranston there was other people if i remember correctly in the episode maybe it's been a lo- it's been years since i've seen that one but uh Anyway, you had to drive fast or the head would explode. And uh, that's how they came to know each other. And my point I was getting to, better call Saul. Wrapping up, we got to see Gene in the latest episode with the legend Carol Burnett, uh, famous for the Carol Burnett Show. Classic sketch comedy back then well I guess it was sort of sketch I want to say there was might have been more some variety to it but Carol Burnett was a was a classic yeah I guess it was variety slash sketch I haven't seen it in many years Um, but uh, Carol Burnett was on Better Call Saul and, of course, uh, <laughs> she apparently, uh, according to uh, Rhea Seahorn, who plays Kim Wexler, Carol Burnett's a huge fan of the show, the Better Call Saul that is. And I guess it was just went out to dinner with uh, Rhea and uh, was just saying how fucking just like <laughs> how amazing, awesome the fucking show was and everything. And, of course, she was... Uh, Rhea was, you know, flabbergasted because it's fucking Carol Burnett. The legend, Carol Burnett, which, of course, they had uh, classic people. Dick Van Dyke was on there. Fucking Harvey Korman. Tim Conway. Fucking Harvey Korman, man. (laughs) I can't can't think of Harvey Korman without thinking of the great fucking Blazing Saddles. There's a talk about when he's talking to the... Uh, I guess he's not sheriff, but the uh, one guy about going in and destroying the town and everything. And, like, they're talking about uh, fucking <laughs> uh, destroying the town and everything. And like, oh, what about the women? And we, we leave the women alone. And the one guy's like, no, we raped right the shit out of them. <laughs> I don't know why. It like just so funny. We write the shit out of him. Oh, classic, classic fucking movie. Fun fact: the legend. But I, th- I think possibly the hands down best stand up comic ever. Which great stand up comic. Great hearing. His, like maybe he wasn't the best person at life, but that made a stand. He was so honest about it on stage. One Richard fucking Pryor, fucking legend. Um, co or well, I I think he just wrote Blazing Saddles. I don't remember if he co-wrote it with Mel Brooks, but I feel like oh well, he might have co-wrote it with him. But I know, uh, I know that he was involved in the writing of it, which makes a lot of sense when you hear all the fucking dropping the N bomb and all that stuff like uh, so like, oh, that's Richard right there. That's Mr. Pryor. <laughs> uh I gotta find the we rate the shit up. Okay. Uh so the Yeah, it's you spare the women? That's what Harvey Corman's line. Then the other character's like no, we right the shit out of them <laughs> at the, oh, at the number six dance later. I forgot all about the number six dance later. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I really don't. At the, <laughs> I'm going to have to like, look up that. I'm going to have to actually find that on here, uh, Let's see here. That's going to find... That that should pull up a fucking audio file of this for me. This is dot moviesounds.org. There's a... <laughs> I just... Uh, there's something great about this. It's a fucked up line, but... It's gonna... The women folks, of course. You spare the women? No, we raped the shit out of them at the number six dance later on. Oh, man, that's not how I... I haven't seen that in forever. I, I remember it being... The line being a little bit more exaggerated, but apparently not. <sighs> oh, here's more of the, quote, context. The two Jewish? Let's see. I got it. I got it. We'll work up a number six on them. <laughs> number six. I'm afraid I'm not familiar with that one. That's where we go riding into town and a whapping and a whooping every little thing that moves within an inch of its life, except the women folks, of course. You spare the women? No, we raped the shit out of them at the number six dance later on. Marvelous! That's so creative. Why, Tiger, you've been hurt. That uppity N uh, hit me <laughs> on the head with a shovel. Yeah, yeah, that was the, thanks for Richard Pryor for that. Uh, I'd sure appreciate it, sir, if you could find it in your heart to hang him up by his neck until he was dead. Got him locked up downstairs. Uh. <laughs> uh there's I'm looking at other quotes, but man, there's just something <laughs> now we rape the shit out of them later on at the number six dance uh, we'll go all number six on' <laughs> oh, you know, raping's horrible, that's bad, but the uh, it's just the way. It's laid out there, and they're just like, "Oh no, we're no, we're gonna be. Oh, you're gonna save the women. That's you're gonna be nice to them. Oh no, no, sir, we are gonna be monsters. We are gonna be complete and total fucking monsters. Ugh, um, ugh, <laughs> uh, Blazing Saddles. It's crazy. Mel Brooks is still kicking, man. He's like pushing. He's got to be pushing uh, triple digits. Triple digits." Way outlasted Gene Wilder, love love me some Gene Wilder, man. Oh, such classic films with him and Mel Brooks there, of course. I love me some Young Frankenstein. So good, so good. All the knocker jokes. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> uh, classic Mel Brooks. Another uh, World War Two vet right there. Like, there's less and less of those going around these days. It's. Even if they were, you know, like 18 when they served in the war, like, they're fucking old as shit now. It's uh, crazy. Crazy to imagine that. Of course, when I was a kid, that wasn't the situation, you know. I'm 41 now, so. You know, when I was like, say, 20. They weren't 100. They were uh, in their, you know, like 70s or so. Like 70s. You know, when I was a a teenager, they would have been in their 60s. So there was quite a few of them left around then. Quite a few of them. Now there's few left to tell that tale. As, uh, you know, I'm going to speak it. Since I brought up aliens... Let's see. Let's find out a place aliens, or well, UFO sighting, not alien sightings. Let's look up 2022. Let's find some recent ones here. Uh, This is fun. Washington State is number one for UFO sightings. This is Axios, according to that. With the I Believe poster. Oh, man, I, I should have one of those posters. That's a sweet looking poster. It's not quite one that you see in X Fuzz, but it looks like very much something Mulder would have on his wall. Um, according to Axios here, Washington has logged more U, uh, reports of UFOs per capita than any other state in the U.S., according to data from the National UFO Reporting Center, New Fork. <laughs> I. Th- Man, what's with the? Can they just like simplify it to like three or four letters? <laughs> anyway, by the numbers, Washington reside residents have reported six thousand eight hundred twelve UFO sightings to Newfork, with the earliest reports dating to the nineteen forties. That's roughly 88 sightings per 100,000 residents, more than double the rate of reports from most states. California, for instance, logged only 39 UFO sightings per 100,000 residents over a similar uh, time frame. Context, New Fork has been around since 1974, and it's where the FFA uh, recommends folks report... Why do they keep saying folks? Folks report sightings of UFOs. Axios uh, Richmond's uh, Carrie Pfeiffer, uh Pfeiffer reports. Uh, flashback, or Piper. Pfeiffer. Um, Washington has a long history of UFO sightings dating back to when Boise pilot Kenneth Arnold was flying from uh, Chelis to Yakima and saw nine large shiny objects flying near Mount Rainier. Uh, Reports the Bellingham Herald. The National UFO Reporting Center is based in Washington, another sign that we are truly the nation's UFO headquarters. Uh, Man, what the hell? I was hoping for... Oh, here we go. Oh, we're just missing out. This is the last day, but uh, another (laughs) Axios. July is the best time for UFO sightings, so let's look at Arizona's history. We come in peace to tell you that July is the best time to catch a glimpse of a UFO, and that Arizona is one of the best states to see one. And uh, man, I'm saying this uh, too late because by the time I post it, it will be August. Um. Let's see here, so that's according to analysis by fucking new <laughs> National UFO Reporting Center's database. Driving the news, the website I'mapuzzle.com analyzed all UFO sightings reported to New Fork since 98 and found that more people spotted them in July than any other month. And it's not lost on us that Jordan Peele's nope about an alien invasion just hit theaters. Um, oh, I didn't know about this one. I'm going to have to, ah, I like Jordan Peele. Um, zoom in. Uh, Arizonians have reported 4,686 sightings to New Fork since 98. Only California, Florida, Washington, Texas, and New York have more. Uh, It's just, uh, man, I want some better, I want, come on, give me some better, uh, ooh, here we go. (laughs) Putin and the UFO sightings. Is this why you started the fucking war in Ukraine? Uh, The debate over UAP may herald not, Alien visitors, but destabilizing new weapons systems. Oh, uh, you know what? I have to subscribe to read this fucking article. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I don't see any really good ones here. Story, like Recent stories. Oh, here we go. Info.com. That sounds it's like a suspect site. It's an ad. This isn't for InfoWars, is it? <laughs> Damn it. Um. damn it stop why uh, see best maybe just best UFO god damn you keep sending me to different best places to see UFOs let's find that best places to see UFOs best places in America Thrillist Obviously, there's a picture of Roswell. Welcome to Roswell. Um, Thrillist.com. Rachel, Nevada. I'm guessing that's probably near Roswell. Um, Since trying to get into Area 51, will land you a lengthy prison stay. The nearby town of Rachel is the best place to learn about one of the most famous UFO sites in America. in In the 1950s, reported sightings of UFOs around the Nevada test and training range a daily occurrence, this was mostly because the military used the area to trial uh, military aircraft that flew higher than normal um, jets and had od- oddly colored lights. A sensible explanation didn't stop people from spreading rumors about a disappearing runway and the autopsies of the Roswell aliens taking place underground. Since then, Area 51 has become a staple of UFO legends. Rachel hasn't missed a beat either, boasting a local motel restaurant called the Little Lee Inn. <laughs> that serves a pretty decent burger. Huh. The town also has plenty of folks who, for a fee, will take you around the perimeter of Area 51 and point out famous alleged alien sites through the fences. Aurora, Texas, they've got a rock with a UFO like carved into it. Uh, Aurora's alien grave is engraved. Uh, alien, alien grave is engraved with the shape of the spaceship. Uh. you have uh, your first stop when you get to Aurora, Texas, a small town about 30 miles from Fort Worth. Has to be the cemetery there. You'll find the grave site of an unusual individual, the humanoid pilot of a cigar-shaped object, which in May of 1897. Fifty years before the crash at Roswell fell from the sky and crashed into a windmill belonging to one of the local judges. Today it stands as the only extraterrestrial grave site in America. Was the navigator who they called Ned from Mars? That's what locals believed at the time and technically they still haven't been proven wrong even after researchers tested metal from the crash site found results inconclusive, and attempted to exhume Ned's grave. They were prohibited from doing so because in order to exhume a grave, you have to notify the next of kin. But if there's no next of kin, then does that mean you just don't? Does that mean you have to go to Mars to notify them? How does that work? (laughs) Okay, Alamosa, Colorado. When former rancher Judy Messoline first settled down in Colorado's San Luis Valley, she had no clue. It had such a rich paranormal, uh, paranormal tapestry. But, in fact, the first supposed alien mutilation happened here in 1967. The victim, Snippy the Horse, nicknamed so because his head and neck were snipped. Soon after, more and more people in emerged with stories of close encounters, abductions, and unexplained phenomena, and the area became legendary. Now, Messaline herself was reported witnesses uh, witnessing dozens of unusual occurrences, including inexplicable cigar-shaped entities. Entities, not just ships, just cigar-shaped creatures, I guess? And hovering lights, in 2000, she gave up raising cattle and constructed the UFO Watchtower, a 10-foot-high metal viewing platform with a spaceship-like adobe gift shop to accommodate the extraterrestrial enthusiasts that often stop by her Rocky Mountain Ranch for a chance at sighting. Messaline's Watchtower has since become a kind of water cooler where true believers congregate. With visitors, stories recorded, in a binder for all to pursue, there's also a sign-in book for aliens, though no word on how many have thrown their John Hancock in there. Uh, Sedona, Arizona. I believe I've heard of them having the UFOs. Um, Anybody can make a pilgrimage to Sedona for the Red Rocks, which I would like to do that. Maybe that would be a thing. Go see Red Rocks and hopefully a UFO. Put that on the... Maybe there's, like, a day tour. <laughs> um, and energy vortex vibes. Hey, you you want to do something much cooler? Head for the UFO tours, which, hey, they have tours. <laughs> I was right with the day tours. The clear skies of the high Arizona desert, possibly combined with a population that may or may not indulge in the occasional hallucinogen, has made Sedona one of the most popular sites in America for sighting UFOs. Hell, even former Arizona Governor Fife Smington claims to have seen an enormous inex- and inexplicable, unexpli- er, yeah, inexplicable flying object here. That being said, it was only a matter of time until someone made a business out of it, and that someone is former alien abductee Melinda Leslie. At the Center for New- the New Age, Leslie will happily tell you about her experiences being abducted by aliens after which she'll take you to a clear unlit area just outside of town where you'll uh, don military-grade night vision goggles and look for UFOs in the sky. She'll explain how to tell legit UFOs from commercial jets, military planes, or satellites, and she'll let you try and figure out what those high-speed lights moving across the sky actually are. No word on whether the waiver includes liability for possible abductions. Uh, What about possible... uh, you know getting dosed with hallucinogens uh, yeah there's quite a few on this site i'm not going to go through all these there's oh this is a cool shot of uh, uh <laughs> a shittily crafted like spaceship from bowman south carolina um made it out of like sheet metal and stuff but then this one's pretty fucking great i guess it's also in bowman there's a mcdonald's like shaped like a UFO. That's pretty sweet. Pretty fucking sweet. Oh, uh, this site is being really weird. I it, uh, I can't. I guess it's cuz they want me to subscribe. It's hard to see anything on there. God damn it. All right. <laughs> uh, a lot of, I'm going I feel like I'm going to have dreams tonight about getting abducted and stuff. It'll be something. Or I just, you know, I'm Almost back through stranger things. Maybe Vecna's gonna visit me in my dreams in a ship. Maybe it's Vecna is the real alien. He's in those ships. One is coming at us. Henry, you fucker. You're not taking me to the upside down man. You're not you're not fucking taking my eyes out and crushing my head. Well, I guess twisting my legs and all that, you bastard. Stay away, Vecna. <laughs> I'm gonna start listening to some Kate Bush. As soon as I (laughs) turn off this microphone. Uh, uh, Yeah, this is a shame I'm not a millionaire, though. I I didn't win the Mega Millions, fun fact. I may may or may not have mentioned that earlier. Some other bastard. Somebody in Illinois got the Mega Millions. Somebody in Illinois. Illinois is a fucking billionaire. Well, we're not quite a billionaire. I mean, they're... If they get the installment plans, they might be a billionaire after a while. Sorta. Kinda, not really. But getting that lump sum, I mean it's gonna take most of it away. I mean, what is the point even really winning at that point? And they're only gonna have to be left like seven hundred million or something like that. And <laughs> with inflation, you know, price of gas. Like that's gonna last you like a week, you know? <laughs> Or so, that's what I'm going to tell myself, because I didn't win the fucking thing. You bastards. Damn you! Uh, hopefully it's, uh... I I don't know what part of Illinois. It would be great if it was somebody that, like, knew Fiener. Because, of course, Fiener, the late, great Fiener of the, uh, the show, was, uh, of course, from Edwardsville. Illinois. You know. Maybe the ghost of Feener came back and gave it to somebody there. As uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's a shame that Feener. It it can't be Fiener because he's no longer there. Um, but uh, I think of the the birthplace of this show was in Edwardsville as uh Shelley and I started it in uh, his uh, old apartment. In Edwardsville, that was above the, uh, at the time was Fiona's Diner. I believe it's some other kind of restaurant now. But uh, above that was the birthplace of uh, Slapbox Podcast. Maybe whoever bought that ticket lived in that apartment where this magic happened. That would be awesome. That would be fucking awesome, I'd, regardless of who this per- that person is. But if you have a little magic happened there start of this show and then that would later on, like that. that's an insane thing to think of I've that's another thing that I think when I've thought along the lines of you know different universes and stuff and what led to things also think about normally walking through areas and thinking about the different things that happen to people that walk through the same area as me in a different time <laughs> Which, you know, potentially could be all happening at the same time if all time is relative, whatever. It's all sort of going on at the same time, congruently. I don't know if that's the right word <laughs> I'm looking for here. Uh, but it would be awesome if now that I'm thinking about it, if Illinois, I don't know, uh, maybe I can find here what part of Illinois. I don't think it lists, um, Mega Millions Winner. What part of fucking Illinois was it? Tell me. Tell me. Oh, damn it. It wasn't. It it (laughs) is. The Plains, Illinois. I'm not even sure where the hell that's at. It's a Chicago suburb. Ugh. Ugh. I can see the gas station. It doesn't look as nice as the gas station I usually go to. I'm just saying that because I... Just suck a fat one. <laughs> Hopefully it was somebody that, did, you know, fucking didn't have much money. I, I know I've hated when I've seen stories of g- people that already had a fuck ton of money that won the fucking lottery. Like, fuck you, you bastards. Fuck you. Uh, for a second there, though, not knowing, like, oh, man. Obviously the magic hasn't happened, though maybe another podcast has started up in that, in that, in that apartment. Maybe some other kind of magic's going on. Or something tragic. Something fucking horrible. There could be somebody being murdered in that apartment tonight. I mean, it was an okay apartment whenever uh, Shelly lived there. I don't know what's happening there. Maybe it's better. Maybe it's fucking worse. Times are tough these days. There could be a crackhead there. I don't know. <laughs> or somebody's having an epiphany, like an Einstein moment, where they are figuring out the, you know away into the other multiverses and they are the ones that are going to make the discovery that creates the UFOs. That could be. That could be a scenario. <laughs> or it's just some normal people or college, probably college age, you know, need a cheap apartment while they're going to SIUE. That's probably a good chance, good possibility. And maybe they're just going to end up with some Normal job after SIUE. That's, I feel like that's probably the most likely scenario, but you don't, you don't know, man. Don't know. That's not what happened when Shelly lived there. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite what happened. happened. We ate a lot of, we went downstairs, (laughs) filled up on fucking euros that were fucking amazing. They had massive euros at Fiona's. Those were fucking good. And, uh, fucking chow down on those things. Then went upstairs and made sweet, sweet, sweet magic to, sweet love to some microphones. You know what I'm saying? By that I mean I put my, my butthole on it. <laughs> no, no, I never did that. No, but uh, there was a, a microphone that I still own that uh, Dylan on episode number two smacked with his dick. <laughs> There was never any buttholes that I'm aware of <laughs> touching microphones, unless that happened while I was at Shelley's while I was passed out. There could have been some obnoxiousness going on. In the early days, there was some drinking involved, so maybe. Anyway, I think I'm good here. As uh, <coughs> uh I really need something to drink. The old throat's getting a little parched, and I think Agent Mulder down here is getting a little uh anxious. He's like, dude, come on, shut up already. Give me some attention. Play with me. Before I bite the shit out of your leg. Uh, on that note, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.